I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. In studio today with me is the Intermountain Healthcare Community Health and Prevention Medical Director, Dr. Tamara Sheffield. You've heard her on the air uh, for many, many years in the media, educating and informing us. Dr. Sheffield, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Rebecca. It's such a pleasure to be able to be with you here today. Well, you know, here we are in the middle of October. And we are talking about the upcoming flu season. So let's talk about why this is a good time to get a flu shot. So flu season really is right around the corner. When the weather turns cold, um, that is the thing that tends to trigger the flu virus. And and people get into the indoor settings where they can pass their germs back and forth more easily. Kids are in school. And so October and November is the time that the CDC determines is really the prime time to get the vaccine so it's close enough to the season so that you have a, your immune system's really primed and ready to to respond but it's so it's not too early um, so it's not too far away from it but then we wanted to make sure that you have at least several weeks for your immune system to get um, respond to the vaccine so it's ready when the viruses hit your community you know as you describe it for a minute i think about sports performance and I think about before there is a big sports season that begins, there's always the training ahead of time, right, where you're trying to condition your body to make sure it's up and strong and ready to perform once the season begins. Well, you've just described a vaccine perfectly because vaccines are a training tool for your immune system. So what they do is they they come in and tell your immune system, this is what you need to look for. Please make some antibodies that if that virus hits you, those antibodies can attack immediately. You don't have to take the time for your body to learn about the virus that's hit, that's hit you. And, and that so you can actually prevent the disease before it gives you the very bad symptoms. What a great, what a great parallel. Even though I was kind of introducing it, I had no idea that indeed this introduces information to the body so that it is and prepared when and if it comes. Oh, say, let's talk about this year's flu shot and why why it may or may not be more effective than even last year's flu shot? Great question. So what we do is every year there are three or four strains, depending on if you're getting the trivalent or the quadrivalent vaccine, um, and that are with they, they look to see the most common type A and type B strains of influenza virus that are circulating in the population. And then the next year, the um, the World Health Organization determines which strains should go into the next year's vaccine because they realize these are the ones that are most most likely to infect the population the next year. And um, so, what happened last year was we had a vaccine that was primed for what what happened for the first half of the year, and then a new generation of flu vaccine developed. So just like 
your child has a bit of a different face than you do, the virus started to look different as, as its new generations came along. And your immune, but your immune system recognized they would have known how to fight against you, but they don't know how to fight against your child who maybe has a different color eyes or something that looks different. The virus looks different. And so it, the vaccine was not as effective the last half of the year because there was a new strain of the virus running around mm. and infecting people. Um, the World Health Organization saw that new strain, and then they recommended that it get put into this year's vaccine. So what was giving us our infections last winter and spring is now what we're going to be learning how to protect ourselves against with this new vaccine. Who should be getting a flu shot? Essentially everybody. If your age is six months and above, everyone needs a flu vaccine. Now, there are certain individuals who, um, as, you, as you get older, so people who are over 65, your immune system starts to age just like the rest of you. So just so, as just as the just other muscles maybe have a little bit yeah things sag a little bit well sure. your immune system just doesn't have quite the oomph that it did in the past I mean children really do respond better to vaccines than older individuals and so there is a high dose influenza vaccine that's been made for people who are sixty five and above I had no idea yeah and so what it does is it has about four times the antigen the thing that teaches you how to respond um, and make antibodies against the virus. Um, so there's about four times that in the high dose than there is in the regular dose. So if we're over 65, how do we ask about this specific and what is it right. called? It's Well, it's just called high dose influenza vaccine. Okay. So you just ask for the high dose version of it. Um, it is uh, every year different types of vaccine may, may be produced more easily or less. And for some reason this year, the high dose um, is coming out and being delivered a little later than the rest of the vaccine. So everybody has the regular dose vaccine out there. In other words, the clinics, the, the physicians, clinics, the pharmacies. And pharmacies mm-hmm. Everyone is, is completely stocked with regular dose vaccine. And they're going to be getting the high dose vaccine, but they're getting it in small batches. And so um, you, the place you want to go to may not have it today, but they may have it tomorrow. So before you go and ask for the high dose vaccine, call ahead. And just make sure that the place that you want to get it is there. And you can get things, you can get your vaccines at your physician's office. You can get it at a community pharmacy. All of our pharmacies have uh, influenza vaccine there. And um, the other place is local health departments. Local health departments. But just call ahead and say, I'm call over 65. Say, I'm over 65. I would like that high dose. And about 70% of, um, of seniors are choosing to get the high dose vaccine. Is it only? That's great news. Actually, very, very well, good. That's to me. That's it's seventy percent of of, 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 those, who of those who are getting the flu shot. shot. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that's fantastic. Is there any other population that should ask for the high dose as well, besides sixty five no. and older? No, it's it's only recommended this okay. time for sixty five and older, and that's been approved for that group. Um, but there are other people who are at higher risk and really need to be aggressively going after getting a flu vaccine. Who's, who's that? Um, those who have chronic illnesses, um, who have immune. Uh, immune deficiencies, things where their their immune system doesn't work just as well. So as other autoimmune people, diseases, autoimmune diseases, mm-hmm. people with HIV, people who are on um, cancer therapies. Would we consider diabetes an autoimmune? Yeah, disease? well, it's not mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease, but it is a chronic disease okay. that does impact your immune system. Okay, and so yes, people with diabetes, people with heart disease, lung disease, um, people with asthma, those those individuals they're at higher risk. The other ones though is are pregnant women, and we really can't emphasize. 
um, strongly enough how much pregnant women need to get this vaccine. Tell me why, because I have not thought of pregnant women as being immunocompromised. So, to, well, so educate us a bit okay, on this. Well, think, think a little bit about it. When you're pregnant, you have a little alien inside of you. Yes. You have this baby, and what you have to do is you need to make sure your body doesn't reject that baby. So you actually do depress your immune system a bit in order to not reject the baby. Interesting. And so it does, it does impact your immune system when you are pregnant. And those individuals who are pregnant tend to um, have a much more severe case of influenza. We have higher hospitalizations in our pregnant women, and we do lose. It's so sad. We have pregnant women who die from influenza, mm. and so um, this is. We strongly recommend that every pregnant woman get the influenza vaccine, but it's not just for themselves. The wonderful thing is um, when you, when you develop antibodies and you're pregnant, we have something called passive immunity. And you can provide those antibodies into your child when they're born. The world doesn't attack them because they have their mother's antibodies inside of that baby. And already they know whatever their mother's been exposed to, they have antibodies to protect themselves against all the things that are in their household. So that, you know, the, all their siblings with their little diseases, their siblings don't tend to make them sick. It's people from the outside that the mother hasn't developed the immune cells and given them to the baby. So if this you, is so interesting yeah, so. to me. And for those who have just joined us, Dr. Tamara Sheffield, she's Intermountain Healthcare Community Health and Prevention Medical Director. Can I get dig in there for just a second? So is it in utero yes. that through the placenta that the mother is passing these antibodies? So it's not just when she's nursing post-delivery. Right, right. So when so what happens is it passes, your, the mother's blood passes into the baby and that's what nourishes the baby in the womb. And... All of the things that are in the mother's blood, those great antibodies that protect the mother, pass the baby. And when the baby is born, they're born with those antibodies. And so if you get the flu vaccine while you're pregnant, you develop the antibodies and then you pass them to the baby. That's also the that TDAP, your pertussis, um, uh, pertussis vaccine. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that we make sure pregnant women get because when the baby is born, then they are protected against influenza. They're protected against pertussis. And... Um, because they're too young to get vaccinated themselves, and their little lungs are so are so delicate. I want to talk, you know, it, not on the fear side, but on the reality of why the flu shot is so important. I mean, a, a lot of our listeners, by the way, you know, they're at work, and, and we know what can happen when somebody at work is sick. So they lose productivity, then it's passed on to somebody else in the work environment, and, and it's like dominoes, ding, 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 ding. But let's talk about the flu shot as a disease and why we need to protect ourselves from it. Yeah, so, so the flu virus, the influenza mm-hmm. virus, can be deadly. And um, this, the Centers for Disease Control has actually estimated how many people were affected by it last year. So we know that we had about 40 million people become ill with influenza last year. And of those, 600,000 had to be hospitalized. They were that seriously ill. And we lost about 50,000 people who died mm. because of flu or its complications. Um, it, we had an even more severe season the year before where about 80,000 people died. So the influenza vaccine is, even though they, you know, they put out the, these vaccine efficacy rates, we can talk a little bit about what, how they calculate those. But la- last year, um, we don't have what it protected. But two years ago, we know that the vaccine kept um, 7,000 people from dying. It kept 100,000 people from being hospitalized, and it kept 7 million people from getting sick. 
I mean, it, it has an enormous impact on our population, on a disease that has an enormous impact. And one thing that I think parents don't realize, we only get about, I guess it was last year, we had about 56% of our kids got vaccinated. Well, influenza is the top vaccine preventable disease that kills children. Of all the va- of all the different diseases out there that can be cure- kept, you know, I mean, taken I, away by vaccine, influenza has the, has the highest death rate. I, I'm actually appreciative that you would specifically talk about that because I think one of the things we, as young mothers, and I'm no longer that, but but we were educated and informed about the risk of RSV in the state of Utah, our air quality, et cetera. Be careful, be careful, be careful. But we need to understand that influenza is a great risk for infants, toddlers, children, all above, and that we can take steps yeah, to protect so, and so prevent that. So any child that's six months and older can get an influenza vaccine to help protect them. And the, I mean, the, ne- the next most common um, vaccine-preventable disease that causes death is meningococcal disease. We're all very frightened of meningitis. And yet it has, it's three times as many children die from influenza that even die from the meningococcal. We're so lucky here. We are not having deaths from polio and measles and the rest because our whole population is vaccinated. But the interesting thing is with the flu vaccine, yes, it protects us, but we haven't done a really good job of, of getting our whole population vaccinated. And because of that, we don't get what we really would love is community immunity or this herd immunity that happens when you can hit a threshold of enough people who are immune to a disease. So that's why we don't see polio running around now. We don't see measles because we have a highly vaccinated population and we're not passing that disease back and forth. But with influenza, we're only vaccinating, you know, 50% of our kids, 40% of our adults. That's not a high enough threshold for us to protect ourselves as a community. It, and it's uh, in, in some ways generational. Um, at my age, at 54, I can remember having um, classmates with measles. I can remember meeting classmates whose parents um, had effects of polio. Um, I can remember it being a reality. I, I remember at that point, vaccines were given in schools, waiting in these long lines and understanding that this was the way to protect ourselves from the reality of what had happened to my classmates' parents and, and was still all around us. And, and so I, I, people who may be my age might have a collective memory of what it was like to go deep breath. Yeah. We finally can protect ourselves from the things that that left, uh, you know, one 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 parent disabled, right, unable to walk, another, you know, blindness and the things that were quite serious at that time and and maybe these younger generation parents who've had a lot of misinformation shared out in the, in, in the world, they don't have the same collective memory of the reality, the threats of influenza and polio and measles, etc. So to me, it they don't have the same perspective at times. No, and that's and that's the thing is we don't. Um, you and I do have some of those other memories, and we have seen the effects. Our our parents were banging at the door to please get our children vaccinated. I remember just being dragged down because my mother was so excited when we had this new measles vaccine, and it's I mean because four to five hundred people, and most of them were children, were dying from that disease every year. Um, I mean, the we had just millions of individuals dealing with measles. And so that's it's such a blessing now that our country is, have been able to keep it under control. Um, and we, we've had the biggest outbreak we've had in years of 1,200 people this year. But it's um, because we're able to vaccinate is what keeps that from getting worse. And as a strategy, I mean, 
that's why I'm I'm so passionate about even the pregnant moms with the pertussis vaccine as well as the influenza, because I remember taking care of children who died from pertussis. Mm. I mean, that's the, did my, you start as a pediatric nurse? Um, no. So as a as a physician in my mm-hmm. medical school training, my first patient that I took care of that died was at Primary Children's Hospital, I'm sorry. and it was an infant who who came in. It was during a pertussis outbreak, and we had. Um, every bed filled, and in fact, every bed up in the ICU was filled. So we, this child needed to be on a ventilator. They needed to be in the ICU, and there were no beds for them. And so we had to keep him on the floor with the, with the respiratory therapist bagging air into his lungs and trying to help him breathe. The moment we got him up to the ICU, he coded, and we could not get him back. We couldn't, we couldn't bring this little baby back. And it was, I mean, for me, I was going to be a pediatrician. That was my life. And then... I saw how devastating it was to lose this child. I watched his family, and I just ran to the restroom and cried because I'd lost this baby. And I went into adult medicine because I didn't want to see babies die. It's interesting. My sister worked at Primary Children's Medical Center and as a respiratory therapist and working on the floor with these little children who were struggling to breathe was traumatic. It was complicated uh, for for men and women who go in to medical careers to try to help save, cure, and all. It's a reality that often those of us in our neighborhood may mean, you know, I, I mean, I've had a child before being a little um, a little bassinet, and I don't know the correct word with oxygen, um, uh, you know, being pumped in in order to make sure that he was stabilized. Yeah. And it was maybe five, six days of touch and go as a, a little infant and as a parent for me and for if anyone has shared this experience and this brings back painful memories for you my my heart goes out to you but we're on the outside of this little oxygen tent for our own child and all we can do is hope and pray that those little lungs will be able to pull through and that the oxygen will do what it needs to do and and so you do feel helpless we don't want our parents to be in that same situation where you're on the outside with just prayers and and hope right, right. but where you have the tools with the influenza vaccine to give additional protection before that happens Yes, and that's and that's one of the things that we struggle with is um, children can't be vaccinated until they're six months of age because it hasn't been tested for the safety in those children. Mm-hmm. It's, and so, um, what we need to do is all the rest of us need to become this wall of protection around them. And the way we do it is we become vaccinated, so we're not taking the disease and possibly transmitting it to them. So having the pregnant mom get that vaccine, give them as many antibodies as possible, and then for the rest of us who are around that baby. It, we need to be vaccinated so that we are not passing influenza onto them. You know, when my uh, daughter-in-law gave birth to her first child before she did, one of the things she said, this is, feels like an awkward conversation, but she said, I want to make sure everyone has protection from pertussis <laughs> and has been immunized and vaccinated before you come um, to hold the baby. And what I, a smart mom. Right. And, and so I wrote back and said, way to go. You know, and I, I we went to the doctor's office and made sure we were all up to date so that we were. But what a what a smart mom and and not at all an uncomfortable conversation, because the reality is, like you said, the herd, the group of people that will be nearest that child needs to be need to be uh, protected to protect the child. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and for all of us, because it's not just children. We have we may have colleagues who are going through chemotherapy in our office and we don't know about it. We have older parents. And so those individuals who have chronic diseases or who are 
old, older individuals, also their immune systems don't work as well. And we are the line of defense to them. We don't want to be taking the disease to them. And that's why actually we require all of our healthcare workers to get the influenza vaccine so that we are not the vectors, the, the people that pass the disease on to our patients. We need to make sure that we are also a wall of protection to them. So anyone six months and older, um, this is the time to get the flu shot, giving your body enough time to develop the antibodies, to develop um, its mechanism to fight off uh, the disease. Um, we have just a few minutes together. Dr. Tamara Sheffield is Sheffield, Sheffield, let me get that right, with Intermountain Healthcare's Community Health and Prevention, uh, the medical director uh, there. For those who may have questions, like where do I fall on the spectrum of what type of vaccine should I get? Where should I go? Um, what do you recommend for us to go get that information about our own specific? I mean, I asked you off mic, I'm mm-hmm. getting chemotherapy. Should I be getting a, you know, a vaccine? And how, how do I clear that up? Right? right. So for those individuals who have a very specific health condition, like they'd be on chemotherapy, they ought to talk to their physician and make sure that um, their physician advises them of which vaccine that they would recommend. But most people in the general population, even if you have, you know, if, if you have a, a basic chronic illness, if you go into your pharmacy, if you go into your physician, if you go into your local health department, those are the great places to access it. They can advise you and help you know which vaccine to get. Um, so they will recommend for someone over 65 to get the high dose and they'll recommend which type of vaccine you can you can get um, uh, depending on your specific conditions. What though. about financial questions? Is is the flu shot covered by all insurances? Is it covered by Medicare, Medicaid? That's the wonderful thing is there's some vaccines that have spotty coverage. You don't have to worry about influ- the influenza vaccine. Every insurance, um, if, and especially commercial insurances, are required to protect people with the influenza vaccine. Medicare, it is on their Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D. It's one of the couple of vaccines that Medicare Part B is in boy actually covers. Medicaid covers it. So it, everyone knows the value of the influenza vaccine, and it is fully covered. Is there are is our immune system in any um, specialized for those who are are of normal health six months you know between six months and sixty five years of age because we've already for those who just joined us we did talk about that there is a specific type of flu vaccine that is high dose for um, those in that elderly population sixty five plus it's so hard to refer to people sixty five I, I don't think elderly I, I have a hard Can time I just with that say, too uh, seasoned a, a, yes. little, <laughs> a, a little bit more mature but right, and you know really there's there's a lot of you know confusion of whoa I got my flu shot for the next few days are are we a little bit more at risk or tell me about how our body our is body response to that mm-hmm. so during the time that your body is being educated by the vaccine to respond because the vaccine doesn't kill the virus your own immune system is the thing that is trained to do it it's your immune system that develops the antibodies and the vaccine is only a tool. What it does, though, is it turns on your immune system in order to help it develop this. Well, what happens, either viruses and bacteria also turn on your immune system. So you're very, you know what those symptoms are. You kind of, you can get a little bit of a mild fever. You can feel achy. You can feel, have a headache. You can feel tired. Um, that's just your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do to protect yourself. And those symptoms shouldn't last for a long time. They should be just, you know, several hours to a day. You'll have some symptoms possibly even a sore the sore arm, some redness around where you got the vaccine. All of that is your immune system doing exactly what it's trained to do. 
is to help protect you so that when the real virus comes along, it can immediately attack it, get rid of it without you having to feel those symptoms again and have the actual severe symptoms and side effects. That Because influenza, um, when it hits you, it's not like a cold. It's not like you can kind of feel the runny nose and stuff like that. That's not what happens. It hits you fast and hard. You'll be feeling fine and then an hour later feel like, I have got to get home to bed. I'm in trouble. What I'm are the really symptoms? Sick. Achy? Yeah. Um, extraordinary fatigue. And then the muscle aches come on. And then you have this high – you can have a, a fever that can become a high fever. You many times will be in bed for a week or longer where you feel like, I just can't even make it to the bathroom. I feel like I'm going to have to crawl there. You are so sick. Um, and the other big thing is it, what it does to your respiratory symptoms, system. It, it's, a, it's the cough that you get. You get a terrible cough with it. And there are cells within your lungs that have these – are just like kind of vacuum cleaners. They move and get all the bad stuff out of the lungs. Well, the virus actually attacks those and paralyzes them so that you don't clean your lungs out the way you're supposed to. And that's where people get pneumonias after they get the influenza because that bacteria is staying in the lungs. And those are the people who tend to have to get into the hospital then and we try and take care of. But it's um, – it, 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 so the, the virus attacks you – hard and fast, and it makes you sick for a while. Mm, and I'm so glad that you described it that way. And I was thinking about for those over 65 at how they're even at greater risk of respiratory problems down the road. And so many of us are lucky enough to be sandwiched between generations of young children and our parents. But to give them protection, again, we get the vaccine to help protect them in addition to asking them to get the high-dose vaccine as well. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the other thing is if you do start feeling those symptoms of flu and you're realizing, oh, I think I'm in trouble. I think I really do have the flu. There is a medication. Um, it's, a, it's an antiviral medication called oseltamivir that can attenuate it, can make the symptoms less for a couple of days. And so um, you can get into – if you can get to your physician in the first 24, 48 hours of having the, the virus, um, they can give you a prescription for that. And it actually helps prevent – um, some of the complications. So you start well. feeling that brick hit you yes, instead then. of staying home thinking, I'm going to ride this out. See your physician to be able to see whether or not you can get those symptoms uh, lightened and lessened through that prescription. Yeah. Dr. Tamara Sheffield, thank you so much for joining us and, and taking the time to educate and inform us on the, on the power, the potency, and the critical need for flu shots. Uh, this is the time. For more information, of course, you can go to intermountainhealthcare.org. Dr. Sheffield, Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Rebecca, Utah Weekly Forum. It's been a Forum. pleasure. Thanks for getting the message out.